Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 7, you will hear stories from our 8th collection, Lost and Found. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at randalljones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. Deathbed Promise by Linda Vegan Phillips I adored him. I inherited his Nordic features, his love of poetry, his vast curiosity, and his adventurous spirit. He spoiled me rotten as his only child and forever prized me as his pumpkin. He said, use your own good judgment long before I earned it. He was 44 and barely home from World War II when I was born. He never went to college. In fact, whether he graduated from high school is questionable, but he was whip smart. He enlisted right before marrying my mother and ended up in the 99th Bomber Group in Italy. That may have been his undoing, detonating those bombs. At his age, enlisting had been entirely optional. I asked him once why he did it. He told me there was something pulling him in. He could not explain it. My mother loved him enough to wait it out for three years. My mother lost her innocence as a teenager to a wayward guest at the hotel her parents owned in eastern Oregon. My grandfather must have blamed her because he sent her away to nursing school in Portland. Within days, she was picked up by the police without money or clothes, muttering incoherently about seeing angels and being tested by God. After this psychotic break and a three-month hospitalization, she met and married an alcoholic with whom she had my sister, Patty. That marriage dissolved quickly, and the two of them moved to southern Oregon, where, on the eve of World War II, she met my father. I have few memories of my early childhood, Maybe that's a good thing. A mentally unbalanced mother, a probable PTSD father, a rebellious teenager, and a spoiled toddler stuffed into a tiny one-bedroom bungalow set up slim odds for avoiding a train wreck of a family. After a too-long stay in a crib, I graduated to a shared bed with Patty in a makeshift bedroom on the made-over back porch. Depending on her mood, Patty called me a whiny brat, cursed me with foul language she learned from my father, shoved me up against a wall in bed, or avoided me altogether. The memories of my mother during those early years are like the shadowy background of a dark painting. She was present, but largely disconnected. I would later learn how she struggled to function on the heavy medications she took, to ward off manic episodes. Some good memories remain. My father built every model in the Tinker Toy brochure while I handed him the pieces like a surgical nurse passing the scalpel to the doctor. He was the one who read books to me every night. In winter, he pulled me in a red wagon through a foot of snow to the neighborhood grocery store. In summer, we gathered driftwood along the beach to make a fire 
roasting hot dogs until the Pacific Ocean was put to bed by an orange sun. Often, my mother sat alone in the car. My sister, during an occasional truce, allowed me to watch her build a model house for a school project. Three bedrooms, two baths, a garage, and a fenced-in yard. I was fascinated by the three tiny matchbox beds with colorful bedspreads, each enclosed in a room with a door that locked. We shared an unspoken bond that day in our separate imaginations, but I would never guess the deep significance this exercise had for her, far beyond a school project. Bedrooms with doors that locked. On her deathbed, my sister made her husband promise to tell me what she never could. The same year of the model house, I was five, she fifteen, my father sexually assaulted her in that bed we shared. Maybe being shoved up against that wall spared me because I have no recollection of the incident, but the blurry memory of the moments afterwards have haunted me all my life. Me cowering in a corner of a kitchen while the three of them shouted and screamed obscenities, my sister wielding something in her hand. It was a knife, my brother-in-law told me. Patty put a stop to him that night with the threat of a kitchen knife. My brother-in-law delivered this news to me shortly before he died. No family is left with whom I can fact-check the story but I know these things to be true. My father loved me and guided me through difficult years with a mother with bipolar disorder. For this, I am eternally grateful. The fact that he was a flawed man who tragically lost track of his own good judgment does not nullify what he did for me. I have found peace and forgiveness. I cannot change what he did to my sister or its devastating effect on her. I continue to hope that she has found that room of her own where locked doors are no longer necessary. Copyright 2023, Linda Vegan Phillips. Linda Vegan Phillips' poems, essays, and flash fiction have appeared in such places as the Texas Review, the California Quarterly, North Carolina Poetry Society award-winning poems, Wellspring, Windhover, The Friends Journal, Moonshine Review, and more. She has published YA novels in verse, crazy, and behind these hands. She recently studied with poets Danny Romaine Powell and Jessica Jacobs to complete her first chapbook for survivors to consider. She lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she is a member of Charlotte Lit and Charlotte Writers Club. Read more about this writer and background on this story in a special feature of 6-Minute Stories called Author's Talk. Thank you for listening to another 6-Minute Story. You can read them all in the eight anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L-Jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.